Ah, welcome to Movie Magic. We would be honored if you would join us. Five, six, eight. Five, one thousand. Four, one thousand. Three, one thousand. I am the father. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Are you one of those single tier people? All the dogs in King's Landing howl through the night. They cry out for their true queen. I'm Batman. Name's Bond, James Bond. One of them leads to the castle at the center of the labyrinth, and the other one leads to certain death. <gasps> Go ahead, make my day. He sounds like quite a man. A passenger has died on the train. Who gave the order to kill me? Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM, eighty nine point three. Commence primary ignition. Freedom. What is freedom? Really, what is it? People do have and must have rights, but with rights comes doing the responsible thing. Blocking trade, traffic, honking, and disturbing the peace is not a responsible thing to do. On this episode of Movie Magic. I'm going to feature some movies that fall into the categories of freedom and rights. The first movie I'd like to talk about is not only written, produced, and directed by Spike Lee, but he also acts in it as well. Do the Right Thing is a 1998 comedy drama. Yes, it has some comedic moments in it, but really, it's about racial tension between African Americans and Italian Americans. There's tragedy and violence in this movie, and it can be quite tense. If you haven't watched this yet, I'm not going to tell you the premise as I don't want to spoil anything for you. But when you watch the movie just before the credits roll, I want you to look out for the two quotations expressing different views about violence. One by Martin Luther King, and the other by Malcolm X, followed by a photograph of both leaders shaking hands. Spike Lee then dedicates the film to the families of six victims. Of brutality or racial violence, it's a very powerful movie, which makes a good segue to another of Spike Lee's movies titled Malcolm X. The film dramatizes key events in Malcolm X's life, and Denzel Washington plays the lead role. Just like Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X the film was also selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry, but the Library of Congress as being culturally historical. Or aesthetically significant, the movie is based on Alex Haley's first book, the autobiography of Malcolm X, which was published in 1965. He collaborated with Malcolm X two years before the book was published and completed it after the death of Malcolm X. His second book, Roots: The Saga of an American Family, was adapted into a TV series titled Roots. I remember rushing home to catch every episode because it was captivating and moving. I still remember the lines. Do you know your roots? Or、oh, my name is Kunta Kinte. There are three versions of this story, but I like the original 1977 version the best. Alec Haley's third book, Queen: The Story of an American Family, was also made into a miniseries titled Alec Haley's Queen. It's partly factual. It's about a slave girl longing to know who her father was. So how did Alex Haley get into writing when his brothers were lawyers and architects? You see, Alex Haley was enlisted as a mess attendant in the U.S. Coastal Guards. He was then promoted to a petty officer. He was bored, and so he started writing. He taught himself the craft of storytelling, and his shipmates would ask him to write love letters to their girlfriends. 
I guess while the other sailors were, you know, playing cards or other games on the deck during their downtime, Alex Haley was busy teaching himself how to write stories. And when he was done with his service, he really started writing books. Thought I'd let you know that Alex Haley didn't complete the book Queen, The Story of an American Family, as he died before he could. So it was completed by David Stevens. All the three books have the same theme, slavery and the quest for freedom, and all three made it to the screen. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. When I say Bart, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Most of us would probably think of the yellow animated character, Bart Simpson. I would too if someone asked me that question. But I want you to erase that image of Bart Simpson and picture an underground mass rapid transit train instead. Because the BART, B-A-R-T, I'm referring to is the Bay Area Rapid Transit in San Francisco. Now, one station that is on the BART line is Fruitvale Station, which is also the title of a 2013 movie. It's based on a true story of an incident that happened to a man on New Year's Eve of 2008. Oscar wakes up one day feeling good. He comes up with a list of New Year resolutions. He wants to be a better son to his mother, whose birthday falls on New Year's Eve. He wants to be a better partner to his girlfriend, who he hasn't been completely honest with as of late. And he wants to be a better father to T, their beautiful four-year-old daughter. But things don't go as planned as he heads out of the house. Now, I'm not going to say what happened to him, just in case you don't know what really happened to this guy, Oscar, on that day. But all I can say that um, he runs into the law and you'd get to see police brutality. Is this another movie about racism? Well, yes. And how is this movie about freedom? As that's the theme of this episode of Movie Magic. Well, stick around. And I'll link it to Freedom later on during the show. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. The sound of Scottish bagpipes, the boron drums and trissel whistles in the movie Braveheart depicts freedom. And that's what this movie is all about. The movie started a bloody trail of Mel Gibson's movies because after he did this, he did The Passion of the Christ, Apocalypto, and Hackshaw Ridge all of which were very bloody. Braveheart is loosely based on the Scot William Wallace, who rebelled against the tyranny of the King of England, Edward I. William Wallace led his Scotsmen to freedom. I remember the movie being muddy and bloody. So why is this movie so good? Well, besides the bloody realistic battle scenes, it's infused with themes of friendship, loyalty, patriotism, betrayal, and even romance and comedy. What's engraved in my brain from that movie is the way Mel Gibson shouts out the word freedom. And this is towards the end of the movie. Now, I must warn you not to have a meal before the movie or eat during the movie, as some parts are so gory that you might just vomit. You know, I was privileged to meet Mel Gibson in person in Kuala Lumpur back in 1997. It was a one-on-one interview, and I was interviewing him for the movie Conspiracy Theory. And after the interview was over, you know, I kind of snuck the seedy sleeve of Braveheart to him, which he gladly autographed for me. Now, conspiracy theories are flooding into today's world, 
and it has in some way divided ourselves from each other. With the power of the internet, people are spreading these conspiracy theories so rapidly that some people are believing in them without checking if it's true or not. In today's world, anyone can spread fake news, and people are gullible. So yes, we have freedom of speech, but when that speech is laced with lies, then in my opinion, it should be stopped and not spread at all. For example, a cartoon drawing which is a freedom of expression can cause animosity and hatred. And when that happens, it's not a responsible thing to do. But yet, some countries allow that to happen, and they wonder why there's chaos and unrest. Another movie about freedom and fighting for freedom is my all-time favorite movie, Star Wars. Even the animated series revolves around the subject of freedom. So why is Star Wars, a movie from the 70s, still so popular? Well, for many reasons. For one, it has a great story. The Jedi Knights are like the Knights of King Arthur and they are fighting to protect what has been taken away from the many species of different planets in the universe. Yes, you may say it's science fiction and it's not real, but there are more than just special effects of lightsabers and spaceships. You see, we can compare it to our living world. It's about coming together and resisting what is not right and corrupted. Now, if we look at history, Hitler wanted to take over the world and before he could conquer with his greed because he believed his way was the best and he managed to convince a lot of people to follow him blindly, um, the allies from the rest of the world prevented him and his blind followers from doing that. It's like the Jedi coming together to put an end to the Emperor's monstrosity. Darth Vader's helmet is also designed in a way that it looks like a Nazi German helmet. Star Wars is about freedom fighters fighting for a good cause. And when that happens, we know that good always prevails. Money FM 89.3. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez. I'm featuring movies about freedom. Idris Elba plays Nelson Mandela in the movie Mandela, A Long Road to Freedom. We all know the story of Nelson Mandela, who was put in life imprisonment, narrowly escaping the death penalty. He was eventually released and became the first elected black president of South Africa. It did bring an end to apartheid rule and a peaceful transition to non-racial democracy in South Africa. But the movie that really moved me when it comes to fighting for freedom is Gandhi. It was directed by the late Richard Attenborough, brother of documentary narrator David Attenborough. I call this film the mother of all freedom films. The year is 1893. Mohandas K. Gandhi is thrown off a South African train for being an Indian and traveling in a first-class compartment. Gandhi realizes that the laws are biased against Indians and decides to start a non-violent protest campaign for the rights of all Indians in South Africa. And then he moves to India. And then the story begins. Now, here's some trivia about the movie. Over 300,000 extras appeared in the funeral sequence. About 200,000 were volunteers, and 94,560 were paid a small fee. The sequence was filmed on January 31st, 1981. Now, this is the 33rd anniversary of Gandhi's funeral. Now, what's interesting is that Sir Ben Kingsley prepared for his role by studying newsreel footages of Gandhi, uh, reading books on the peaceful leader, um, dieting, losing weight, practicing yoga, and learning to spin thread on the chakra just as Gandhi did. 
By the way, if you take a look at the Indian national flag, you see the chakra right in the middle of it. But Ben Kingsley nearly lost the role to Dustin Hoffman. You see, Dustin Hoffman had expressed that he wanted to play the title role in this movie. But he was offered Tootsie the same year and ended up taking that role instead. Dustin Hoffman eventually lost the Oscar that year to Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley also looked very much like Gandhi. While filming in some of the villages in India, some of the older members of the communities were confused as they thought they were seeing the ghost of Gandhi. But credit must go to Michael Attenborough, Sir Richard Attenborough's son, who recommended Sir Ben Kingsley to his father. Well, thank God that happened, as it could have been Dustin Hoffman, and I can't imagine Dustin Hoffman as Gandhi. Although this movie was a huge success, no studio was interested in financing the movie. Most of the financing came from Joseph E. Levine, the Indian government who provided one-third of the financing, and Sir Richard Attenborough and his wife, Sheila Sim, who owned a share of the rights in Britain's longest-running play, The Mousetrap, which they sold to fund the production of this movie. Well, all the studios that turned down the offer must have regretted as Sir Richard Attenborough won the Oscars for Best Picture and Best Director for this movie. It's one of the movies that I have on DVD, as it's a keepsake. Money FM 89.3 Movie Magic with Colin Gomez. Now, earlier I mentioned the movie Fruitvale Station, and although it's more about racism in the US, I want to tie it with freedom, as that's the theme for this episode of Movie Magic. Now, the laws are put in place to protect the people, but when it's loose, with no solid foundation, it can fall between the cracks. What happened at Fruitvale Station in the Bay Area Rapid Transit makes you wonder if it's safe to ride a train at night or even go out at night over there. So let's compare this to Singapore. We can go out at night, take the train by ourselves without being afraid at all. You don't have to be afraid of being mugged and the police are there to protect. And so are the closed circuit cameras. It's not there to take away anyone's privacy because if you're doing nothing wrong, well, there's nothing to hide. And that, my friend, is freedom. And let's not take it for granted. I'm Colin Gomez, and this has been Movie Magic on Money FM 89.3.